1: See Lisa.com for more details.
4: The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. He's one of those
2: idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa F Fubo, Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV. Did I forget anything? It's all brought to you by ben MGM, Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, just watching Shaq. I was just telling uh, Jeff off air here. When Shaq opened up his uh, his chicken spot behind the Hard Rock, he was there for the opening, met Shaq. You could fit two of me into him, by the way. He's that huge. I cannot be more impressed by a human being than I am about Shaq. He's not a, he's not a guy that can throw on a baseball cap and then can sneak into, into events. So he's constantly, he has to be on 24-7, and he is constantly on. Like, he's always smiling, never seems to have a bad moment. Could not be more impressed by that dude. Anyway, he was just on the screen, and I'm have, you know, ADD, so I had to say something. We get tweets at beating the Book. Jeff Isaacs, regarding NBA awards, I think people are so up in arms uh, because voters have no set criteria. We're betting on stuff, and when money is invested, emotions are hot. Well, Jeff, there's no question about that, right? That's why I was so upset about my Juan Soto at 100 to 1, but I guess what I'm saying is, No set criteria, yes, especially, like at least with MVP, you can rely on certain stats, right, both in baseball and basketball, whatever your sport is. There's some agreed upon stats, Uh, not agreed upon, but at least we have some guidance. When you're dealing with most improved, which is such a nebulous term, or defensive player of the year, where there are really any number of criteria that you could go to, oh, well, this person has a net rating on defense oh, well, I like team defense. Oh, well, this is the best defensive player on the best defensive team. I mean, that, I guess what I'm saying is you just can't get outraged by it because of that. Um, (laughs) This is from Jerry Palmetto. Does anybody know who Gil does his evening talk show with? Or, Gil, if you divulge, thanks. (laughs) Apparently I never never say Matt Brown or Kelly Bidlin's name. Is that what you're suggesting? Uh, And this is from Scott, New York, Mess 16 Is best defensive player on best defensive team – an auto non qualifier for Defensive Player of the Year, a defender on an offensive team would be more reward worthy than defender on defensive team. No, your thoughts, uh, Scott? I think you're overthinking that one. I think best defender on best defend uh, best defensive team would actually be a qualifier. Now, whether you think Marcus Smart is actually that or not is up for debate. Dan Bespris joins us, ladies and gentlemen, the best audio in the biz from his lair in front of his draft board somewhere in Southern California. How you doing, Dan?
5: Yeah, nobody knows where I set this thing up. It's it's a different different location
2: every day. <laughs> what, were you I was just making a point earlier about it because there's so many people who are just so upset that their their bet didn't get home with these awards. But man, you you got to know this one. Certain awards that it's it's so absolutely vague. Did you have any problem with Marcus Smart being the defense player of the year?
5: Not really. I'm actually like kind of glad that they didn't just go back to Gobert again. Yeah. Do something else with it. The thing I thought was funny was that my Twitter timeline was, was lighting up with Bam Adebayo snubs, and I thought, oh yeah, outrage. I don't know, man. Like, didn't he only play 57 games this year? I I needed more games to even consider it.
2: And even that, right? Because Gobert, I think, won it with 56 games the other year. So I mean, yeah, you I know,
5: I don't know. All right, right. whatever.
2: Let's get whatever. T- what are you gonna do? Let's get to let's get to tonight's games first. Get your thoughts on these, and then we'll talk about something from yesterday. But but one, we have the two 1-8 games sandwiched uh, or sandwiched between those is the great Timberwolves Grizzlies game too. Let's start with the T Wolves and the Grizzlies. I took the points, man. I took the seven. Am I overreacting to game one?
5: No, I don't think so. I, I thought this was kind of a bad matchup for the Grizzlies on paper. And I also something that I look for as I'm headed into the playoffs are those teams where and I ho- I don't want people to take this as Grizzlies slander. That's always the the qualifier with stuff like this. But they played a certain way during the regular season that teams catch up to in the playoffs. It reminds me a little bit of the Knicks last year, teams that were sort of going so hard. And for the Knicks last season, it was play their starters, 40 minutes, kind of like the Raptors this year for the Grizzlies. It was, everybody was going full tilt every second all season long. And it was awesome because they rolled up wins. They were dominating teams, but you don't have that energy edge in the postseason the same way. So you kind of combine that with matchup stuff. This was going to be a close series from the outset, uh, I could. I mean, you could easily see this thing going seven, couldn't you? I could. I could absolutely. But if you're giving me seven, I, I will grab it. You know, I. That's a lot. I worry about the
2: Grizzlies. Uh, and you give. Would you take any of the points with either of the eight seeds tonight, the Pelicans, or the? Um, oh, it's already escaping me now. The
5: Atlanta Hawks. Oh. The Hawks or the other one. I think if I was going to go either way with points, it would probably be the Pelicans. And that first game was so weird from a statistical breakdown standpoint with the suns getting vastly out rebound. I think the Pelicans had something like 25 extra opportunities at the rim or uh, on the offensive side compared to Phoenix. But then Phoenix made all of their shots and the Pelicans missed most of theirs. So they all these offensive rebounding chances. I think a lot of that stuff kind of comes towards the middle. And the question is which pendulum swings farther? You know, do the Suns, does their shooting come down? Did the Pelicans' shooting, does that come up enough to kind of uh, buttress against the fact that there's almost no way the Suns get out rebounded by 20 again in this second game? Uh, but the, you know, this card was a tough one tonight, I thought. I had the pace for these games really close, especially T Wolves Grizz. I thought 240 is actually a really good number for that one. Pelicans' Suns, I thought around 220 was a pretty good number for that one. If I was going to take the points in either underdog, I would probably look at the Pelicans in that late one. I just... Boy, the Heat, when they're now they're now focused again. Oh man. Really didn't notice how good that team can be when they care about a basketball well,
2: game. So it's hard to know where the Hawks' bad scheduling spot and that, you know, where that began, where where that ended and then the Heat's focus began, right? So I guess we'll find out yeah. much about that tonight. What is the single biggest thing that has surprised you so far in the in the postseason? Whether it's a team that comported themselves better than you thought they would, whether it's a team that's blowing out another team more than you thought they would. Because tomorrow night we have a game three between the Raptors and the Sixers. Then we have game two, of course, of Brooklyn and Boston. Cannot wait for that. Game one was everything it could possibly have been, living up to the hype. And we also have game two of the Bucks and the Bulls. And I almost think we've dismissed the Bulls, and they were really good in game one.
5: Yeah, I think the big surprise for me is not so much is in that Sixers Raptors series, and it's not so much that the Raptors haven't been very good, but that the Sixers have played really well so far, and they've done it without James Harden having to do a whole lot himself on the offensive end, and that's probably the formula for them. So I got to give credit to the Sixers. They've looked good. Tobias Harris has probably played his two best games of the year in the postseason. Uh, Tyrese Maxey's continued to do his thing. Embiid, you know, he didn't shoot the ball well in game one, but of course he's getting to the free throw line and the Raptors just kind of look more overmatched than I would have ever expected in that series so far, but we'll see how things flip now as they head into Canada. The other series have been fairly expected. I thought, I mean, I, you know, T wolves winning by a bunch surprised me, but the fact that it was a, a close or good ball game for a while that didn't, I think maybe bucks could say they took their foot off the gas a little bit after getting out to a lead I think we're going to see a better Milwaukee performance here in game two. And I feel like a lot of Mm -hmm. the sports community sort of looked at and thought, boy, Bulls missed a chance to steal one. That's how I thought about it. Yeah, that was that was pretty much the only player in that whole game that looked decent on either side
2: yeah uh, which which brings me to the warriors who I started this show today by saying it's the most beautiful thing in sports right like when they were winning three championships it was the most beautiful thing in sports i would even argue that yes that last night was maybe even more beautiful than all of those like maybe maybe i'm a prisoner of the moment <laughs> but like there were moments last night where i'm like i was just like you know i'm on my couch falling over at some of the plays that jordan Poole specifically was making uh with his passes but it was it was just a thing of beauty and i, I don't want to necessarily focus on this series because I'm going to, you know, without reinforcements, I'm going to go ahead and think, and I think you would too, that the warriors will get by the nuggets.
5: Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, the big question there was how many games would it take? And I think that was based pretty heavily on when Steph came back and he was back to start the series. So that one, as soon as he was, and I don't care if he was coming off the bench or starting whatever you want, once he was good enough to play, that series was done.
2: But you know, when that was happening last night, a bunch of us were throwing texts around, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, right? But, like, I have this Warriors ticket that I, that I even forgot about from, like, early in the season, Warriors plus 550 to win the title. They're right around there now again. But projecting forward to the Western Conference Finals, if you have a Warriors-Suns final, which is very possible, right, especially if the Grizzlies struggle with the T-Wolves, you just it looks like it could very well be a Warriors-Suns uh, Western Conference final. What in the world is that series going to look like? And what would the price be on that? How big of a favorite would the
5: Suns be? I don't think that much of a favorite anymore. I mean, you know, it always is the same story come playoff time and it's health and the Warriors have theirs back after not since when did Draymond go down? Was that January? I believe. Yeah, I believe forever. We've all forgotten. They were neck and neck with the Suns for the first two and a half months this season. Oh, I didn't forget. Yeah, that's when I made my bet. You can't, that's a team where they really can't afford to have one of the key pieces out, which is fair. I mean, most teams can't really, but you know, I might call it more acute with a player like Steph going down since everything they do is built around this one guy, but he's back now and Draymond's back because everything defensively is built around that one guy. You can't take that one piece out from their equation and expect them to be anywhere near as good as they were. So the jump you're seeing and Gil, I think we even talked about this back in maybe when Draymond went down, he's one of those guys where when he's out the line under adjusts for it because of how critical he is for the team. And so you need those pieces together. The Warriors are a really good team this season when they're healthy and they're, they're very close to being that again. I don't think the Suns would be that large of a favorite, especially, and I think it'll be clouded a bit by how good the Warriors look getting there. And so far, they're just trouncing a team that, you know, as great as Nikola Jokic has been this year. He needs help, he needs help. Uh, and he's getting help. clobbered. Yeah, he needs help. Aww,
2: and I so totally, s- totally get his frustration, right? Shaq, feel, um, I feel sad for him. He, Where's his help? Sha- Shaq, did, Shaq did such a great job of breaking it down on the NBA, which is like, and he related to playing against Barkley. You have this l- much smaller guy than you in Draymond compared to Jokic, who's constantly like underneath you and can sort of conceal what he's doing and not get the call. And as soon as you, as the huge guy, exert any force, right, 80%, they'll whistle you in a heartbeat. So I get it, man. I, I totally get it. But that is uh, that is his plight right now, Nikola Jokic, without the reinforcements. Dano enjoyed it. Thank you, as always. Thanks, Gil. Dan Bespris who I don't believe had a to play tonight. Did you have a play, Oh uh, We'll find out out there. So I'll text you one. Text me one. I'll, I'll, I'll relate it next segment. Coming back on a Numbers Game at Visa the Sports Betting Network.
5: If-
0: Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Eh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
3: What's up? I'm John Wall.
4: And I'm
2: CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point
4: Game.
2: Gil Alexander on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on a numbers game, it's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well, producer number five and eight, and also the host of Bet Center on the Weekend. Remind everybody, Jeff Parls, when you do that show on, on the Weekend, Bet Center.
4: Rotating schedule at this point, Gil. So this week I'll, uh, I'll yeah. be on uh, Betting Across America with uh, the glue that keeps the network together. I'll be with Wes on uh, oh, Saturday. All right. Uh, noon uh, Eastern Saturday. Elmer's glue.
2: Absolutely. We get tweets at beating the Book. Corbin, uh, just, just locked uh, Tarot Daniel at even money, hoping we can get an uh, early winner this morning. Bonus, I get to watch you on my TV now since my TV package goes to game plus. Wowza, your guys' heads are a lot bigger than on my laptop. Jeff, so I'm surprised you that you needed piece. a bigger screen to figure that out. You should see this picture, Jeff. Your head—your head is looking particularly monstrous because I think uh, I, I think they that? have you closer to the screen than I, than me. I mean, that that sounds—I'm
4: surprised. I don't even need a camera to be able to see my head usually in things.
2: in Vegas, nice shout out for you uh, as panel moderator during Bet Bash on the new Spanky podcast. Oh, thank you, Norm, for mentioning that. Thank you, Spanky. I will give a listen for sure. By the way, I can't say it again. I know we, we bet bash is in the rearview mirror, bet bash two now, but I'll say it one more time: the greatest sports betting conference in the Western Hemisphere that there ever has been. Um, Jason Weingart and I still text about it every day. Still, it's it was just an awesome, awesome experience for all around. And if there is a bet bash three, which I assume there will be, maybe I shouldn't assume, but if there's a bet bash three in in Las Vegas uh, in the coming year, please, please try to be there. Speaking uh, to everyone listening on that uh, Asian Lebowski, diving into the annals of 95th minute segues and the one used on today's show, it could be argued, was the greatest of all time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I <laughs> love how people pay attention to the finer points here. Uh, so so let's review, by the way, Dan Bespris. Let's review what we have as picks today on the show and what we don't have, because a, a lot of it was we're getting we're going to get to the NFL draft here, which was a lot of. I don't know. So one Dan Vespers did text and he said he is on the under in the Hawks game tonight. He's on the under 212 in the Hawks Heat game tonight. So he does have one NBA play tonight. Um you not it was a furrowed brow. You're not saying 212 is
4: that not No, he, he texted the wrong number.
2: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. he's got the under in that yeah, one. Yeah, 219 in the 219. He texted the wrong number, but he's got the under in that. Um okay. And I have the tennis picks, Tarot Daniel again, in case you missed it, which is going to start here very shortly, that one in Belgrade, And I got Kyung Wong tomorrow uh, on the ladies' side in Istanbul over Cerebes Tormo. So we do have tennis picks. And yesterday, the ones that we gave out on the numbers game, we went 0-1. The second one was voided because... Serrano's stay played somebody else that uh wasn't the the opponent that we had when we played it. So we end up going 0 and 1, but we do have a lot of plays in the overnight. Um and again, Jeff will corroborate here. So I'm like You know, I was two-in-one overnight in matches that have already been completed. I have two others that are going on right now. We're in-gaming. When we fall behind, we're in-gaming. So, Jabour did come back and got the second set there, Jeff? Yeah, on-serve in the third set now. I'm almost wondering if I should give the ones out on a daily basis that we have in progress just to see if there are in-game opportunities for folks as well. So, we got to perhaps adjust that. But I just don't want to overrun the show with in-game tennis as well as as pre-flop tennis. But generally, um, and, and by the way, I'm on the Minnesota Timberwolves plus the points tonight. Jeff, do you have any basketball plays tonight or baseball plays? And we'll get to baseball with Mark Borcher here momentarily as the Giants and Mets finally get to play and they have a doubleheader coming today.
4: Yeah, just looking at those two games because we have, we, we talked about yesterday, the ridiculously low total when the show was going with McGill and Cobb. Ticked
2: up to seven, didn't
4: it? It's, yeah, it got to seven by the time... That that game got postponed yesterday, yeah, and it was actually juiced on the over, so it maybe even got to seven and a half by game time if they had played it at a regular scheduled time. Right now, I'm seeing seven on that first game with Cobb and McGill again. Uh, I'm actually seeing if even money on the over, so or actually, no, juice to the over, uh, minus 120 right now on that. And then the second game, we tried to guess what Scherzer and Webb would be. Mm-hmm. That's six and a half.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, well, we saw the six and a half yesterday. We're like, well, that's got to be six tops, you know. Might six. have even
4: been a five and a half, yeah. we thought. But
2: right. seven uh, seven and six and a
4: half for those games. Like Gil, just looking through, I don't have any bets in, in Major League Baseball, but I'm only seeing two games that are totaled bigger, larger than eight. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Only the yeah. Phillies and Rockies and uh, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, mm-hmm. the
2: only two games north of eight total-wise? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Do you want that to happen, baseball? Do you want the, do you want it to be lower scoring now? I don't know. Um, anyway, the, where I was getting with all of this was on, on this show, we only give picks when we actually have them, right? We're not forcing picks just to talk about games. We're not interested in going, you know, three and three on a nightly basis or five and five or whatever sport. We only we only talk about them when we have them. And so it harkens back to the first segment where we had Drew Dinsick on, and Drew and I are going to do the NFL Draft podcast on beating the book, uh, beating the book feed. Uh, wherever podcasts are distributed, beating the book podcast on Monday. Hopefully Matt Brown will join us for that as well. And we'll do our annual NFL draft pod. But, you know, if if you got the end of that segment, a lot of people are going to be disappointed because the takeaway again here, nine days away from the draft is we don't know a whole bunch, which is again, that's the irony of Vegas, not having them widespread, but the shout out to William Hill. They put out more draft props, and they're taking a dime on all these. They might even be taking more. I haven't pushed it past the dime. So good on them. Stations has taken a dime on all theirs. Good on them. Boyd has bets they're not taking a dime. But, you know, good on them for having them. But you have a lot of books in town. You have some, some prominent names, of books. that They're only going to have them up for three days. And by Nevada gaming regulations, they're going to be down 24 hours before the draft starts. That's the irony. The irony is that this is the draft they might win on. They're so scared about previous drafts, this is the one they might actually win on. They shouldn't be scared to book these, which, whether they want to say or not, is they are. So here are, my, here are my six draft bets, and again, I don't know anything in any way like I thought I did in previous years, and I ended up being corroborated by the results in previous years. We had huge years in the draft, 5-0, 8-1-1, huge dominant drafts. So here I have six plays, and again, the, no, the, the only thing I have subscribed to in all of this and the only thing that is guiding me is this notion that teams are going to draft as many wide receivers as possible and that teams are probably, as they always do, going to go quarterback crazy. Anything else, I have no idea, but that I'm willing to buy into. So a few of my bets are informed by that, namely... Quarterbacks drafted in the first round over three, minus 115. I think that's a pusher worst. I do not believe that there are only going to be two quarterbacks drafted in the first round. By the way, this Malik Willis to Detroit, you can still get a really big number on him going to Detroit with a second pick in the draft. I want to say I saw 7-1 to one out there. Would you bet that 7-1? to one? Malik Willis going second? Probably take a small piece. Yeah, I don't think it's...
4: It hurts taking a small piece of that if it's still up 7-1. That's kind of crazy at this
2: point. Well, that's, uh, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, did I see that correctly? Let me, let me not lie. Let me go to where I thought I saw that and uh, corroborate that. But anyway, I'm taking quarterbacks drafted in the first round over 3, minus 115, and I'm taking, and I'm not taking, I already bet, wide receivers drafted in the first round over 6 at plus 140. That was available over at stations. Both of those were available uh, at stations. And by the way, checking on the uh, the Malik Willis thing, number two pick in the draft, second overall pick, Malik Willis can be had at six to one. Pardon me, six to one. I think that moved from earlier this morning. Six to one. That's still a. I mean, if you believe the Detroit Lions are going to take Malik Willis six to one as the number two pick in the draft, that might be worth a little bet at a certain a shop. Small, and tell. Why not? I also have first cornerback drafted, Derek Stingley, plus 280, which I have no expectation will come home. But honestly, if I was a GM and Derek Stingley was sitting in front of me, I'd pick him. Just the amazing athlete he is, the amazing defender that he is. I don't necessarily buy into the sauce gardener thing. And then total number of safeties in the first round, under one and a half at plus 188. I couldn't believe that number. Really? Two safeties are going to get drafted? And then you see both the draft position for Stingley and Gardner under 11.5, under 7.5, respectively, both of those at Boyd. Those are my only six bets right now. But if we could see a draft where Aiden Hutchinson now is not drafted first, maybe if you believe the the steam on Trayvon Walker, and if that's the case, as Drew said, and I said this yesterday as well, if the Jaguars don't go Aiden Hutchinson, the Lions are absolutely going to go Aiden Hutchinson, which means the whole Malik Willis thing gets knocked out. There are going to be how many, let's put it this way. Here's an over-under bet for you on this year's draft. How many completely mind-blowing moments will we see in this in this first round where we're like, I cannot believe that team just picked that person there? I'm going to set that at three and a half this year.
4: If you include trades, that would surprise you on draft night. I would go well over Well that. over, if you include well trades.
2: Yeah, and that's the issue, right? That's the issue. It's like, because, again, you have eight teams with multiple picks. So I just wanted to just reiterate that. Just because the draft is there and doesn't mean that all drafts are going to be winners every year. That's just not how this works. And so eventually we're going to run into a draft where we don't win. This could very well be that one. It's just there's too many mocks out there, too many versions of the mocks from too many people that you've never heard from before. And honestly, Daniel Jeremiah on the eve of the draft... That's the only mock you'll want to see. And by then, it could be too late. Coming back, baseball, next, numbers game, VCent, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VCent, the Sports Betting Network. Back on a numbers game, VCent, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> I thought something was happening there. I got, I got a little freaked out. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well, and Mark Borchard joins us, ladies and gentlemen, from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert. Uh, you can follow him at BaseWinner Winner on Twitter, and of course, doing stuff for uh, US Bets this year. How you doing, Mark?
6: At US, Gill, yes, all the way. Um, daily Show, it's cool, man. I'm, I'm doing great. It's like I'm, I'm having so much fun. This season feels like a real season. I tell you, I, 2020. Of course, you know, you had 60 games. And that that wasn't I mean it was better than nothing because of covid last year with the seven inning doubleheaders with the attendance limitations guys were on covid list all the time last year really didn't seem like a like a real season this year kind of feels like 2018 2019 and I'm I'm really pumped up I'm really having a good time it's it's been fun Been a good start for you? Yeah, it's been good. I mean from a win-loss standpoint, you know, the models modeling and and I'm happy about that. Um, and it's interesting, like, I'm really happy about like having the expected standings on my site. It's working perfectly. The base winner uh, uh, ERA on my site and everything. So <laughs> I'm really actually enjoying going to my site, getting numbers from my site that I built. And so it's, it's kind of rewarding, you know, from a personal standpoint, Gil. So
2: here's the dilly. Here's, here's what we're doing. So you have your, your base winner expected standings, and that is a look in the That's actually a look in the rear view where they should be right now, but we're just talking about how some books now have adjusted adjusted win totals throughout the year, so we might be able to put those two things together and figure out some bets if you know what I mean, Mark Borchers. Yeah,
6: I think so. I think it's yeah. really valuable to uh, you know figure out who's lucky, who's unlucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, it's, in today's Mets game, I've, I've got <clears throat> I've got the Giants at seven and two, but they should be you know probably more around even based on the expected standings. So oh, I think it's a good you. thing to. Well, I know. I, the <laughs> thing about the Giants, man, I'm not. You know, they were like some of the projections were super bearish on. Like Picota was just like, I mean. I think they just expected everybody to regress to, like, their worst performance. They had them, like, winning 77 games. It's like, oh, wow. What are
2: what are people going to figure out about teams like the Rays and the Giants that they just kind of get things that others don't? Like, what, you know, the, the, their ability to manage the clubs that they have at any given moment. Like, again, this Giants team, just a very simple example. They know they have Webb. They know they have Rodon. As long as those two guys are going good, good, great. Leave them in ball games. The other two guys, right, Discofani and Cobb, all right, watch every single pitch, get ready for the hook, and those are treated like bullpen games. And the Giants, even when they won the three World Series, right, they figured out the bullpen thing better than anybody else. And that's just kind of their, their magic alchemy. And so here they do have a doubleheader against the Giants. We were talking against the Mets. We were talking about this yesterday, how initially the uh, McGill— versus Cobb matchup had a six and a half posted as the total. And we were like, well, if that's six and a half, by the way, it's seven now. But if that's six and a half, my God, Scherzer and Webb, that that could be five and a half for all we know. You like the Mets in it, lineups are key with double headers. So are you taking the Mets in the first game here?
6: It's, you know what? I, I liked it yesterday. I, I liked the matchup, uh, the Miguel Cobb matchup. I like both pitchers. Don't get me wrong. I just like Miguel a little bit better than Cobb. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about these doubleheaders, Gil. Yeah. This is the first time in well three years really that they're going to play a nine-inning doubleheader, mm-hmm. and you got you got 2,400 games, 2,460 to be exact, on the Major League Baseball schedule for for the season. So I just think with these, I think this is an opportunity to not play, to I, use a little bit of discipline and not play them. I
2: couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. An opportunity to not play. <laughs> I like how you said that. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. I, I agree completely. Why bother? You have thou- literally 2,000-plus more games to play. Uh, why mess around with something that, that has you know even more moving parts than normal? You do like the Mariners today, though.
6: Yeah, and this one's kind of a hard one for me to handicap. And I think it's even harder for the Seattle Mariners front office. I think they have 115 million reasons why they want to see Robbie Ray's velocity increase and uh, his, his uh, advanced metrics get better. But uh, Robbie Ray, uh, if you look at his, his first two starts, he did, by my metrics, he did have a 70 percentile his first start out. But his last start was was really poor. It was a 39 percentile by that three metric chart. He only had an 8 percent swinging strike rate. His hard hit per nine against the White Sox uh, his last time out, 18.5 per nine. And uh, so there's some concerning numbers from at least from, from an initial standpoint. But the most concerning, probably the velocity drop. It's like two or three miles an hour. And basically the way I'm handicapping this is I'm, I'm going to take a look at his long term projections rather than two starts. And uh, if you look at his first two starts last season, they were a 13 percentile of 30 percentile. But for me, the velocity is concerning. It's going to be interesting to see how he pitches. Uh, against this texas team I, I actually was lucky enough to catch the spring training match between texas and seattle he struck out six and four innings facing pretty much the same lineup and that was like only like two weeks ago so anyway i've got a price minus 212 seattle uh, market has it at minus 130 i think it's good value Ooh. if we get the robbie ray that we got last year so that's a big if but excited to see kind of how he he performs tonight
2: yeah. i always trip out over your your uh your projection differences between your number and what the actual market is, because my, my reaction is always, oh, my God, if you have that big of a difference in the price, shouldn't you be, you know, betting your house on it? Um, but you're, you're just so so people know, Mark's differences in, in projections are always going to sound much more uh, dramatic than they actually are. Uh, if I can put it that way, is that
6: fair? Well, and if you, but if you think about it, Gil, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm giving them a 68% chance to win and that it still means that they got a 32% chance to lose. Right. So it's like, okay, well, are you going to bet your house on something that has a 32% chance to lose? Probably not. unless Probably you're really not. like high risk, I guess.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I'm glad you clarified that for folks. That's so it, perhaps it doesn't sound, if just for those who are like, Oh my God, that's a, a massive disparity.
6: Um, you know, yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that yeah. because if you're, if you're just starting out in betting, you're like, whoa, this guy. Hopefully, you think I know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> let's say that you do, and you think I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Look at this big disparity. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet my balance on it. No, no, yeah. no, no. You still have a, you still have an opportunity—a 32% chance to lose this game. But I get what the market's doing though, because Ray's numbers weren't good in his last start. But check this out, Gil. In the fourth inning, he was pitching in at like a. Pro- he was a torrential rainstorm. It was really awful. I don't. I don't know why they let him pitch. So I'm hoping personally. I've got him at my group of five Cy Young guys. I'm hoping the guy will turn it around. And I. I think that Mariner front office with that big contract, I think they're hoping the same thing, Gil. All
2: right. And then I, you didn't tell me this, but I was catching wind. You have some other, are you, are you doing a parlay today? What are you doing?
6: I'm doing the lay, first lay the wood parlay of the year, Gil. This <laughs> oh, is a special for your show. And, uh-huh. and I like Burns and Cole here. So I'm going to parlay the Yankees at minus two twenty. Uh the, the, the brewers at minus 240 and it gets you about plus 112 if you parlay them together. But but real quickly, I'm looking at stuff metrics. There's a guy, Eno Saris, that publishes the stuff, and sure. it basically takes it takes uh, you know difference in velocity for, between fastball and the off-speed stuff, you know, movement, horizontal movement, vertical movement, all the things that you would consider stuff. And he it early returns on his stuff for Burns and Cole. He's got Burns in the 94th percentile and Cole in the 97th percentile. I've got the Brewers priced at minus two ninety two, the Yankees priced at minus three seventy five. I think there's a lot of good reasons uh, to to just bang it here, Gil.
2: Let me let me ask you because you go back to the expected standings here for a second that you have sure. the Dodgers are eight and two. The Dodgers have the best record in baseball. Your expected standings, I would imagine, has them around eight and two, doesn't it?
6: 7.7 and 2.3, so implied win percentage of 766. So yeah, right around there, Gil.
2: Yeah. What's What's the biggest difference at a glance here in the first ten games between actual? Um.
6: Records? From, okay. From a From a team that's most likely to regress to the negative, I've, the Rockies' uh, overall record seven and three. I've got their their uh, expected record of 4.5 and 5.5 and it makes sense they their their weighted runs created plus pretty good uh and that does account for the colorado uh park factor as well that that uh weighted runs created plus number 114 14% better than average x fit minus is terrible that 109 and then the defensive run saved they've actually uh, allowed seven more runs than an average team so that's kind of how that shakes out to that uh implied win probability of, of 450 on on the expected standing skill
2: mm, interesting what about to what about underperforming thus far
6: you know, this one's really interesting. It's the Texas Rangers, and I'm betting against them tonight. So I did, but I did did look at this uh, before I made the play. Two and seven overall, but they should be five and four. 5.1 and 3.9, implied win percentage of 568. Good weighted runs, created plus at 105. And XFIP minus, if you guys would have said that the Rangers team as a team is going to have the fifth best X Fit minus in baseball. When they started the season, I'm going to give you a prize. They are fifth in baseball. They're tied with the giants and Fit minus at 89 Gil.
2: Mm. And, and that lineup can, can out hit teams. You don't even have to have great pitching performances every night that, that lineup will out hit you some nights.
6: Yeah, Simeon and your boy Seeger, who they're starting to intentionally walk. I don't know why they did that, but uh, <laughs> you, they've got some, some performers there. I don't know top to bottom if I if I like it as much as as the next guy, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's what they've done so far.
2: Yeah, not know? top to bottom, but certainly the first uh, first chunk of that lineup is outstanding. Uh, always interesting. Rangers most underperforming thus far. Rockies most overperforming. Uh, that makes intuitively it makes some sense. I think. Mark, always a pleasure, man. We'll talk soon again. Awesome, Gil. Thanks a lot. Mark Barchett, everybody, at base winner on the Twitter machine. Coming back on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Benny Network.
0: Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe.
3: Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler 24 7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
4: The Numbers Game
3: with
2: Gil Alexander on V the Sports Betting Network.
5: Numbers Game proudly
2: brought to you by Bet MGM Nevada. Don't forget, BetMGM, the kick of sportsbooks, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We get tweets. that be the book. Always appreciate the feedback during the show. Good, bad, indifferent. As long as you're funny, you can murder me. Doesn't matter. Bears 100 at the Bears 788-780. Please, yes, please give out all your tennis picks so that maybe we could get in-game. Thanks so much. Jeff Parlay made it in-game on one of the tennis picks overnight. Anja gets home after being down a set. That was actually the line. Again, this match started before we got a chance to give out the tennis picks, so we had to erase it off the board. It was actually on the screen, but then we had to erase it. By the time I got to the tennis picks, she fell down a set. What did you get her at after one set, Jeff?
4: I have to double-check my number, but uh, it was in the middle of the first set,
2: actually. So. What would you get? Plus? Uh, I got... Plus two something. Plus right? 210. Yeah. There you go. I would, I would love to know what the record is on matches where we fall down a set and, and jump it in end game. But that was beautiful. Nicely done. Uh, let's see. This is from Thomas R. On the safeties bet. Oh, I have uh, under one and a half plus 188. He said, I think it's important to see if Dax Hill is considered a safety. I've seen a lot of people linking him to the Patriots at 21. Get Kazarian on the phone. He's great at this stuff. <laughs> uh, Scott, let's see. Uh, Mad Marine seven seven. Gil, with Rodgers locked up, with Aaron Rodgers locked up, do you think the Packers trade Jordan Love to a team like Carolina to move up in the draft to select a wide receiver? Now, oh, wait a minute. Now, are you suggesting that Jordan? Are you suggesting that the Carolina Panthers? Would trade. What do they have? The sixth pick in the draft.
4: Yeah, if uh, if Carolina traded the sixth <laughs> overall pick for Jordan Love, oh everyone my. in that front
2: office should be out. Out. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't believe that that will happen. Plus, Carolina, and you were you were we were talking about this all air. Jimmy Garoppolo still out there. Baker Mayfield still out there. The notion that they would trade such a commodity for Jordan Love seems. How can I put this?
4: Yeah, and it's also Far-fetched. and it's also debatable that Darnold and Love are not much different anyway, so why would you do that?
2: Keno Walker. Yes, sir. Ons, plus three and a half, minus 105. Live in set one was just ridiculous. Had to double down. Um, This one is from... Drew Dinsick actually responding to the Dax Hill comment about being listed as a cornerback. It's a great point and a solid landing spot. So, yeah, we've got to check on that. And uh, let's see. This is one saying... Jerry Palmetto chiming in, saying, "Interesting. Borchard concluded saying he was going to play the Rangers after opening the segment, putting a chunk a change on the Mariners. No, 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 no. He said he was fading the Rangers. He was fading the Rangers. He just thinks that they are they are the most underperforming team thus far. In fact, he even doubled, he even clarified that he was betting against them tonight. So he is betting against the Rangers. No, no confusion there whatsoever." Uh, did you see this, Jeff? This has nothing to do with anything. But I'm just curious. Do you hear that they're, they're keeping Mel Kiper from going to the draft? Did you see? I, this? I saw. Yeah. We still doing that? Because well, he didn't get fully vaccinated, they're keeping him from going to the draft. I guess there's a there's a company rule on that. Wow. That seems that seems bizarre that that would happen. Anyway, here are some. We could do it. We could do a whole segment on that, but <laughs> I'd rather not. Uh, they added a whole bunch more. Uh, Whole bunch of stuff to uh, William Hill in terms of uh, draft props, and good on them for doing so. But these are exact position. These are exact positions, by the way. How much of the USFL did you end up watching? Did you watch that Drek last night at all? No, no. Yeah. Uh, all I know is the head
4: coach of uh, of the Pittsburgh Maulers cut one of his players because he was supposedly rude to hotel staff <clears throat> for wanting a slice of pizza over chicken salad. So uh, I- I'm going to be passing on the uh, USFL for a little bit, Gil.
2: Yeah, I think that is uh, just an absolute cuttable offense, is what that is. A suspendable offense. Kidding. Malik Willis under nine and a half, plus one ten. So again, this is all over the place. Malik Willis under nine and a half, plus one ten. <laughs> See, this just again,
4: we, we we have no idea. Well, we've talked. Well, we've talked about the last two days where right we're. Gil, it's less than 10 days now. This is still the cloudiest lead-up I can remember. Even 2020 was in this cloudy from an NFL draft betting
2: perspective. Because on the one hand, you see that. You're like, oh, my God. What is he supposed to go second to the, to the Lions? Let me run and bet that. Yeah, but if he doesn't go there. You're hoping
4: Carolina or Atlanta
2: pull the trigger. I mean, do you buy into the fact that they'll go quarterback crazy and love Malik Willis from Liberty? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Desmond Ritter. Under 31 and a half at plus 110. Cleverly put at 31 and a half. A lot of people think Detroit at 32 might take Desmond Ritter. Um, There's a whole bunch of these. Drake London, under 10 and a half, plus 115. Kenny Pickett, under 10 and a half, plus 165. There are overs to these as well. I'm just citing the under parts. I don't know. You can bet it. I, you can still get a Mod Gardner at under 7.5, but you, you got to pay a lot more juice than I did. It's minus 175 now. I paid, I think, minus 115. Can't remember whatever we had up on the board there. And then Aiden Hutchinson now is minus 175 in some spots. That at Bet MGM. By the way, Jameis Jamis Williams, Jamison Williams, under 11.5, plus 150. Another one of those, do you buy into this fact because Jameson Williams has gotten some some steam, right, where it's like steam I use both in the figurative and literal, literal sense, which is in the betting markets and also just sort of narrative on media. Like, oh, well, because, look, we all watch college football. Was anybody better than Jameson Williams at wideout? I don't know that you can make a case that anybody was in the end. Would I draft him? Yeah. But every mock that you've seen had either London or, or Wilson going before him until recently, but under 10 and a half, there is I guess what I'm saying is there's gonna be so many different moments that are gonna they're gonna throw all of this in the air. Oh, and you know what else I don't want to hear after the draft, and this applies to even us if we win. I don't want to hear any chirping. We never chirp, but I, I just wanna hear any chirping on this stuff. Because none of us knows a thing. By the way, so BetMGM, proud sponsors of this show, that's where I brought up earlier. Malik Willis to go second. Where the lions currently inhabit six to one. Kayvon Thibodeau is now plus one fifty. Where did that come from all of a sudden? I'm just saying these are these are just the markets. I don't I don't know how accurate these are, right? First pick, Aiden Hutchins is minus one seventy five. Trayvon Walker plus one forty. As that gets closer and closer. There are so many of these where you're like, I really want to bet six to one on Malik Willis, but then I'm... I It's just a draft where you don't feel nearly as confident on That's why, again, the my bread and butter on these of my six plays that I've already made, I have focused very narrowly. Beyond, of all the six, I have focused completely on many quarterbacks will be drafted, many wide receivers will be drafted, and I think the two corners go Ahmad Gardner and... Derek Stingley, go much earlier than people expect. That's essentially my entire narrative on my bets. I haven't, and the one safety bet, under one and a half. That's a great point about Dax Hill. Maybe I'll get torpedoed there. But other than that, like I'm not straying. I'm not doing this stuff like exact pick, as tempting as some of those are on some of these other positions. All right, here's first quarterback selected, Jeff, now. Malika Willis MGM. minus is at BetMGM, minus one fifty-five. Kenny Pickett plus one thirty. Desmond Ritter now eight to one. He's the third shot now. Matt Corral uh, sixteen to one. Sam Howell forty to one. Carson Strong hundred to one. Would you, you list it, Carson Strong? Would you would you make a fly, Would you take a flyer on Carson Strong at hundred to one to be the first quarterback picked? All it takes is one.
4: It's not going to happen. No? And we- if it
2: does, and if someone has that bet, congratulations. <laughs> All right, here you go. First running back selected. Not will a running back be drafted in the first round, but first running back selected. Brees Hall, minus 250. Kenneth Walker, plus 250. Isn't there enough juice on Walker? At least have you heard that, that you would take a flyer on plus 250. Again, I haven't made any of these bets. I, I told you the six I made. But I'm just sort of thinking on some of these out loud. None of these are, are good enough for me to want none of these are clear enough for me to want to make a bet. And then finally, first wide receiver. This is at Bet MGM. Garrett Wilson plus 125. Jameson Williams down to plus 150. That's that's too short. Drake London plus 210. Everybody else, including Chris Olave, 16 to 1 and beyond. They even have they even have Trillion Burks at 14 to 1, shorter than Olave at this point. Anyway, it is, the point of all of that is, this is about as unclear of a draft nine days
6: Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it?
3: Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented.
5: Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: There's plenty to celebrate in March and... Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.